Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. more and more movies easily available on streaming services, it's harder to know what's worth watching and what might be a waste of your time. There are many hidden gems out there waiting to be discovered, and we want to help you find them. This is Trailer Rewind, a podcast where JJ and I, your virtual video store clerks, sift through the shelves to help you discover new favorites. Today is August 17th, 2021, and The Wall... 
2017, is available exclusively on Amazon Prime. You can easily find where the wall is using a service like JustWatch.com. It will tell you it's exclusively on Amazon Prime because <laughs> this was a film that was uh, developed Financed. by, by, uh, by Amazon Studios, pr produced yeah. by Amazon Studios. So if you don't have your Amazon Prime, another time, you know, that you're not going to have an opportunity to see this one. Um, but if you're on Letterboxd and you have a patron or pro account, Just Watch is integrated into your account. So whether it's you're looking for The Wall or other films that we've talked about here on Trailer Rewind, uh, it's embedded into your account. So when you look at the Trailer Rewind watch list or Trailer Rewind episode list, you can easily see where a film is currently available because with streaming services, things frequently change at the beginning and yeah, end of each shift. month. Yes. Uh, if you don't have a patron or pro Letterboxd account or you're looking to renew your account, you can get a 20% discount count on that at truestory.fm slash letterboxd. That's L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. Because here in, the, here in the 21st century, we like to occasionally remove vowels. Yes. Uh, who needs them? <laughs> all right. So let's take a look at the trailer to see what The Wall is all about. See that? Hit and run. Whoever he is, he's gone. Unless he's a pro. We got no movement. Not a sign of a shadow. I'm going down there, and that's it. Roger that. Got eyes on that wall? I got eyes on your ass, fancy pants. Come on, man, talk to me, talk to me. What do you see? Something's not right. That is it. Eyes, the bullet went through. I got a man down. What's your position, over? We got a sniper. High caliber weapon requesting extraction. Sergeant, I need your exact location. Say that again. You got an accent. Not American. You're a sniper. Where are you, man? You got eyes on him? Where'd he come from? I don't know! If I were you, I would start talking, Isaac. What do you want? I want to get to know you. I get one shot. No, 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 no. Second you touch that rifle, you're dead! This is true. When this is over, his family won't recognize him. Ah. You're dehydrated. How is this end, man? Death, you will bleed out. Scope is an extension of my eye. You're fading. You're fading. I'm fantastic. The trigger is an extension of my fist. One, two, three, four, five. The rifle is an extension of me. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. And I strike you down. I know where you are now. Bang. That whole speech is not in the movie. Oh, the John Cena thing about the yeah. rifles. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that's was, not in the movie. Nope. Interesting. Okay. That's the trailer. That is the trailer. So what is this trailer selling? What is it 
setting us up to expect out of this movie because it's again it's i don't want to classify this as a war movie i think that's the setting we get this whole setup of there's a sniper and there's two guys right so we get sort of like yeah. a suspense thriller I, you know it almost looks like yeah we you know there, there's this you know threat of okay we've got one one injured so you know they're hiding behind a wall are they gonna survive you know what you know it that's well, what it felt like I'm to me watching the trailer right? yeah. i say i'm glad i didn't watch the trailer before i saw the movie because there's so the movie's it's a relatively small movie it's very compact yes. the story is very very compactly told and so much of it is revealed there in the trailer but i also mentioned that that speech that you have in the trailer of john cena on the ground talking about the sniper as an extension of my body and the fist i don't remember that being in the movie and that that to me sounds like the trailer is selling a war a war movie along the lines of like American Sniper or something yeah. like this. Yes. It, it does get in, it, it hints at the psychological thriller at play here, but doesn't really, it doesn't sell it. You ask, no. you ask what the trailer's selling. Right. The trailer sell, is not selling that. It's selling something more about American war, glo- not even glory, glory, war attitude. I don't yeah. know. That, that, that's where I would go with it, but it's definitely not, it it is the movie, but it's not selling exactly what you're going to get from this movie when you watch the trailer. No, because it, it's it's giving us all the setup at the beginning, and then we it really shifts into something different. You know, I mean, we very much so. so. You know, last time we talked about the Book of Henry, and that's you know what what did you say three or four movies combined yeah. in there? Here we've got we've got two really. I think we've got the beginning two distinct two films. distinct yes. films, and the trailer's <laughs> really selling the first part of this movie, which is. Right. Yeah, there's more action there, and then things are are going to shift. So if you're looking for that action war type of movie, uh, that's that's not what you're going to get out not of this because that's it, not what this is about. No, it's much more. Yeah, smaller. I think is exactly because it is. It reminded me of, and it's again sort of a war movie. The Ryan Reynolds one, Ryan Ryan Reynolds film, Buried. Because he's a he's a contractor out in the yeah. Middle East, so right. you know, and it's all he's been buried underground in like a casket or box plywood box, and all he's got is his cell phone, and so it's just him, yeah. either monologue or talking on the phone, and so it's very similar in that structure of not not a lot of movement in terms of geography. Your time right. is really a, a tight time frame, And so it's creating the drama within that situation through dialogue and a character's performance. And that's, I think what, what we have here. Yeah. Well that, so yeah, I, uh, it is, I would say the trailer's that is something, yeah. yes. <laughs> that kind of thing. I think, uh, there's the other aspects of this film that the trailer doesn't, uh, bring up is this sort of psychological thriller thing, which you'll, you'll get in the description of IMDb if you go to it when you look right. at it too. But it's something along the lines of like even something extreme like Saw yeah. or, uh, which I haven't seen any of the Saw movies, but, or the, I was also thinking of something like 127 hours yes. Uh, yes. or, okay. um, or earlier on something like phone booth with Colin Farrell. Yes. 
Like okay. that's what I get from these movies. These are all relatively, you know, compact stories, small small stories that are told in this uh, psychological environment that are meant to, I guess, excite the viewer or get get put you in the place of the person that the that the suspense is happening to in an effort to give you put you on this ride a little bit. And the, the trailer doesn't really uh, develop that at all. No, and I'm I'm glad you named those films because I was trying to think through what are the other ones and 127 hours phone booth yeah. exactly that's where I would put these of a piece together that's these are the siblings of that right because it is about right. how do you create that that tension you've because you you're not going to have other people involved you're not going to have a lot of you know movement around so you've got to figure out how to structure dialogue and the limited environment that you have to create that tension, to create some suspense uh, and make that believable without it feeling so, so you don't feel the the writer behind it pushing things, you know, yes. you don't, you don't right. feel that of like, Oh, that had to happen because of X, Y, and Z. It needs to feel organic. And that's the challenge with a, a film like this of how do you keep someone, how do you keep an audience engaged for 90 minutes when you've got one actor on the screen, just talking? Right. right. And I and I think it delivered on that. Actually, yeah. if if you, by that metric I I was happy for it. And if I put it alongside those films that I have seen like 127 hours or, or phone booth, I think it it gives me the same kind of ride that I got in those movies in a wartime environment. And that I thought was pretty fun. The the challenge with those films is the rewatch value on those. Are you going to go back and watch it again? What what is that going to do for you? Is it is it really about how the story unfolds itself before you? Uh, and if it if it succeeds in doing that, you're going to feel, I think, satisfied with the film. But I don't know that it's something that is a repeat experience because it's so much about the drive of the plot, you know, per se, of what happens next. Will this work? Will this not work? What happens? I don't get a lot more to take away. This, well, when we delve deeper afterwards, we there's a few things we can we can talk about in the the nature of the relationship between between these characters that are talking, but I would say overall, yeah, that's, this is a one-time watch. Again, I don't know that I call it a war movie because it's not really about the war. It's the setting. And that's, it's a genre that I have challenges with just like Western. I'm like, you're describing the setting. Not all Westerns are the same. Not all war movies are the same. Uh, you know, it's the, it's, it's the two genres I can think of where you're really just describing setting. It takes place in the American West or it takes place during some type of war. Yeah, it's far more like Phone Booth or maybe even like Speed or remember when we had that rash of like Mad Bomber movies, mm -hmm. but were they like uh, like Blown Away and what was the other one with it? They all came out at the same time. It's like, you know, the Pop Quiz Hot Shot movies. It's, it's those kind of movies. If you enjoy that, um, then this is going to be in that war setting. This is going to be that kind of movie in this in the war setting for you. And I can see, I mean, it's interesting that it's an Amazon movie because I think it probably would, would enjoy a nice release in the theater because these are kind of pop corn style movies that come out that way and i don't think we're going to see it that way because it's an amazon exclusive but um but it's it's the kind of thing like you're saying it's a single watch and if you like that psychological thrill ride in the setting of a war you're going to like this movie yeah so where where did this one end up for you then well so i, I actually had to rank it twice because i liked the movie i didn't 
I didn't like the resolution. And we'll talk about that more when we get into the, the more in-depth thing about the movie. But so the first time I ranked it, I uh, I put it, uh, my middle block is another Trailer Rewind movie, which is All About Nina. So oh. I first started with saying that it was better than All About Nina, but then it like lost to everything in the top half. So it, it went all the way to the bottom. So I tried it again saying not like not beating that. And it ended up in a much more uh, comfortable place. So it went to 186 of 264 for me. And where that is on my chart is just below it chapter two which i think again is a much bigger movie and you know it's it's horror so it's that's in the bottom half of my stuff but i think it was bigger and more interesting and then right above a movie that we just recently did which was landline so um so it it shows up in an interesting place for me and that um for me is not really consistent with where i would give it as a ranking i gave it a two and a half because of all the things that we're talking about it's not a very big movie but it is an entertaining thrill ride and i said it was a like so two and a half and a like and 186 out of 264. Okay. How about you? Uh, yeah, this is my list is starting to grow because uh, I'm at 775. And now wow. my, my middle block ends up. Sometimes I just have to like re rank some things because right now my middle block is Return of the Jedi, which is a wow. really weird. What is, a weird middle block. Yes. I'm just like, well, uh, uh, and I, I think I got to re rank that one because I'm like, that seems like it should be higher. I don't know. But I've been watching just a lot of great films. I've been filling in a lot of gaps in places. Yep. And so it's been just shifting things. So, uh, so of course, I didn't rate it higher than Return of the Jedi. Uh, well, it, and Jedi is polarizing for people. It's my favorite. It's my, literally my favorite of all the Star Wars movies, but it's polarizing for people. So I think it's interesting that it's in your middle. Right. As you know, as Andy will say, you know, I have some quibbles, you're right. You know, there, there's, <laughs> there's some things that it's not, it's not perfect, but it ends in an interesting spot. And so two spaces above it, trailer rewind film we talked about a couple of years ago, uh, the Bradley Cooper film burnt where he's the chef. Oh, I love that one. Right. Yeah. And then uh, a few spaces below that film board pick the circle. And then, oh, and then right below that, uh, <laughs> another trailer rewind, the other Emma Watson movie that we, uh, we've talked about on trailer rewind, uh, Col- Colonia, the one where Colonia, she, Colonia. Yes, 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 exactly. So it's at 504 out of 775. So it's, okay. it's in that, again, that spot of sort of in the middle-ish of, I enjoyed watching it. I'm not going to come back to it. You know, for me, it's three stars. That's usually where I start out and it can move up or down and, it, it may have gone up and down while watching, but just, you know, sort of ends right there at, at three stars for me. On the, sure, on the sure. But it was a like as well. Yes. And it was a like. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did like that. And it, over at Letterboxd, it has a weighted average review of three stars based okay. on just short of th- 7,000 reviews. And this is where we'll see interesting discrepancies again between the number of ratings and reviews. Because over at IMDb, it has a rating based on 25,000 votes and a rating of 6.2. So, you know, nearly close, you know, three to four times more people, you know, rating this over at IMDb as compared to Letterboxd, but they still end up in that, you know, three, you know, that middle ground of 3.0 or or 6.2. So that's, I think, where this film belongs. That's that's our recommendation. Is is this a flick for you? Well, you can check out The Wall over on Amazon Prime. If you're still not sure, uh, you can hang around and listen. We're going to go dive into a deeper conversation about The Wall. But before we head out into the desert to discuss The Wall, we need to, <laughs> need to give credit where credit is due. Trailer Rewind is a member of the True Story FM Entertainment Network. Our episodes are engineered by the wonderful Pete Wright, and our intro music is the song Duda by Ian Post. All right, JJ. Yeah. 
there's not a lot to talk about on this film, but I'd be interested so to see small. where our where our conversation goes with yeah. with this one because the trailer sets up everything. But to me, it's yeah. missing what the film really is about, which I was pleasantly surprised by some of the layers okay. to this and, and how it developed. Because at first I thought, okay, it's just compelling dialogue between this soldier and the sniper. You know, that we get sure. we get the reveal that it's the sniper that has, you know, disguised himself as, you know, an American. But then we get this this ongoing dialogue as our main character, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, is trying to escape his his predicament right he's he's trapped right and he's got he's got to get out so the the the, we've got sort of a ticking clock because our setup early on is he and john cena uh so we've got john cena playing sergeant matthews and aaron taylor johnson playing sergeant isaac uh have been out there they got called out to investigate and there's a construction site that you know everybody's been killed and they they're out there looking for the sniper and they've been out there for what like 18 hours or something like that they've been out there a long time a long time so they're ready to call it and that's when they go to john cena goes down investigate he's shot by the sniper and that really sets things in motion so we've they've been out there they you know are exhausted they're tired they're thirsty uh it's a hot part of the day and now we've got somebody injured and bleeding out so we've got mul- you know multiple reasons for this situation needs to be resolved quickly it's not a oh we can wait this out type of thing and other circumstances develop the snipers you know hit the antenna on the radio so we've lost communication we've got all of those circumstances to to create this tense moment uh for everything and so i thought okay where do we go from there i've i've you've, you've got us to this point where okay now it's the two guys talking and it this could be anywhere right i mean this is this is the thing is here's a guy that's that's a threat to you you're trying to escape it doesn't need to be in the desert it doesn't need to be war i mean there's other ways that you can configure this so i have to think about why was this setting chosen because it's not just the middle east conflict it's what is it 2007 2008 as you know president bush has declared victory you know mission accomplished and they're supposed to be why are you still here yes exactly so that's where i thought okay what are you trying to tell me with this which all of a sudden becomes so timely with what's happening in Afghanistan, of course, right now. But yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. we should say yes. We're recording this on August 17th, 17th. 2021, where, um, yes, it's been uh, just, it's all over the headlines of everybody getting out, fleeing, uh, the Taliban taking control, reasserting control, and everybody wondering what the status is as President Biden's trying to just, you know, regain control i think of the public perception of what's going on and whether you know we yeah. ever had control and that's a whole different conversation it's about a, the... it's a mess right now but it also has to do with this kind of thing of you know president bush in this in in this story it's just after president bush has declared victory in iraq and the 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 main sort of complicating factor of this is why are you still here and uh, honestly you know one of the things one of the first questions that we try to answer is what do we think this film is trying to accomplish? And I think, you know, other than those films we talked about in the intro where it's this sort of small film 
that's meant to be this thrill ride, I don't think it's really trying to accomplish much beyond that. And the reason why I say that is because so much of the complicating incident, so much of what puts John Cena and Aaron Taylor Johnson, these two characters in the situation, really doesn't need to happen. I mean, it, it it's really strange for them to go down into a place with absolutely no cover. And then when one gets shot at the other one to chase after him into that extremely other vulnerable position, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless they don't have any information. And I think that, you know, with some of the banter that you see completely in the trailer um, before you get a sense of the fact that um, maybe they're just, uh, they're just not believing that anything's to worry about here, but it, it just, it doesn't make any sense other than to set up this psychological thrill ride where you learn through the course of this film that this antagonist, this unseen antagonist, is brilliant and extremely talented and diabolical and calculating and all these things. And it's a slow reveal of all the ways which this antagonist is those things. So I think when you talk about what this film is trying to accomplish, it gets into that sort of Saw-type territory where all of the traps have been set and us as the audience members only get intensified with the sort of drama as we go based on how the film reveals what's happening in it. So any of those other things that could potentially be ideas about this, about maybe, you know, current events or American foreign policy, or uh, they get into some emotional things about um, uh, wartime guilt and friendly fire and a bunch of things. And, And you could even maybe draw some interesting mind bender ideas about what is really happening and or is this maybe just a uh, a death rattle fantasy of one of the soldiers that's on the ground there, there's a lot of different ways to interpret it but ultimately i think what the film is trying to accomplish is this compact psychological thrill ride which they set up with this sort of complicating incident to slowly reveal how diabolical our antagonist is right i i think you're right on with that because i i think that's that's what this is trying to accomplish is we're going to give you a thrill ride for 90 minutes and at the end of it you can walk away and you'll have gone on this journey i mean it's like a roller coaster right you get off like okay i had a great time with that i'm moving on to the next thing there's because you're right there are hints of things but not enough because we get into the whole issue with you know sergeant isaac and his uh scope that's from you know it's not his, you know, and we get that line about, you know, it's bad luck, you know, you've seen a dead man's scope and all of that. And so we, we get that whole thing is, you know, guilt and, you know, all of those pieces. But it's it's just there, I feel like, to add, add just a little seasoning to the story, right? Just add a little flavor to it. There's nothing to hold on to because we never get any resolution to that. It's just there to, to add something. I suppose you could argue that it's a little bit of our antagonist's psychological warfare uh, because he's been listening. So he's been hearing everything. So it's a, a little bit perhaps of that manipulation. But yeah, there's I, those are things that I, I wanted a little bit more because if we're going to sit with somebody who's looking at the possibility they're not getting out of, the, out of here, are they really going to be reflecting on are they going through those thoughts of you know choices they made is is this that time for reflection on the things you've done with your life and and guilt and all of that but that's not what this film's about and so we're not going to spend spend time uh in there with that and it isn't i think ultimately by the time we get to the end uh i don't think it's a commentary on i mean i suppose you could say it's a a commentary on foreign policy Uh, i mean the important note I think that we need to, that I, we should talk about is that the ending the initial ending was changed after a test oh. screening. 
Oh, so, I didn't know this. So, what, the, in what way? So, um, in the in, so spoilers that we're getting into, just in case, uh, yes. people need to know because uh, this is you know talking about changes to the ending. In the initial ending, um, they kill the sniper and Sergeant Isaac gets away. Happy ending. They kill, how did what well, does you don't I, know I, how, I don't I know how, but that so okay. that so then after that screening. Director Doug Lyman asked so, Amazon for some money and said, we're going to change the ending. So audiences didn't like well, that. I don't know that. Uh, the, I guess I'm assuming when they change it, I'm assuming it was not the reaction that they wanted. So interesting. Yeah. So but I, I can't understand why they would like this version better where where the 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 antagonist, the sniper right. is just he's just graduating to larger and larger destructive and that's where I wonder if that's where your commentary on foreign policy comes in. Sure. Because then it is, you know, I watched this with my brother and we were talking about this, uh, you know, because I said, how long have we had films, you know, set about the conflict in the Middle East? I'm like, we can go back to, what is it, like 1999 with George Clooney and Three Kings. Three Kings is the first one I thought of. You know, that and that's, it, that's, yeah. that's 22 years ago that we've been right. telling stories because this has been just something that is always there for right. you know an entire gener- for my my kids that that has always been the military occupation in the middle east that's always been a conflict it's you know never been resolved and i yeah. think with this ending of is it a commentary on this the middle east it's it's something that will just destroy us by being there that it is, right. we cannot win, and the, the longer we stay there, the worse it gets because it's going to just continue to grow and consume us as it learns more about us. Because that's what we see with this sniper. Wow. Well, that's a great, you know, that's a great interpretation of it. And if they want to go that way, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's with that interpretation. And now with the knowledge that that wasn't the original ending intent, I, I think that that's less likely what they were trying to oh, do. Oh, exactly. Story. But I think that makes for a very poetic idea for what's happening. And potentially maybe audiences were feeling that way. Right. So they they put some creative uh, boundaries around the way that the, the audience was feeling to do it that way. I think. um but it, that's not the way it presents. I no, mean, it, it really, doesn't. with yeah. all these little tidbits, the way it goes through and, and, and maybe, you know, for a, a very astute viewer or someone who wants to go deep on any of these inter- interpretations, I think you can do that. But ultimately it's, it's more this sort of, this sort of tangential thing to the psychological thriller story that sits here. And it, it, I really think it falls into the category of something like Saw where they're just, you know, it's just, it's literally a military funhouse of tragedy that you kind of live through as you go through the story. About midway through, I was wondering if this is, since, again, due to the limited, you know, setting and single character and his, you know, the vast majority is a conversation he's having with somebody he cannot see that's on the radio. I'm, I was wondering, is this in his head? Did something happen? I was and, thinking that the whole he, way through. He's out there because trying he had that moment. There was a fade to black. Yeah. After the initial time he gets behind the wall. Yeah. You could put that interpretation for it too. That this, and that's oh, yeah. what I mean by a death rattle. Yeah. That, that could be what we're telling here because he goes through moments of confession. He goes through repentance. He goes through these things. Wouldn't that be an interesting interpretation as well? Yeah, because I thought there's only a couple ways that this can end. He's going to die. I mean, well, there's two. He's going to die here or he's going to get rescued. And I thought, okay, so that can work either way, sort of with the death rattle, because yes, and then it reveals that he's 
you know, dead or they get here and he's on the verge of death and they rescue him. Uh, I didn't know that either one of those were going to be satisfying to me because I wasn't getting enough of the character. And that's, that's, I think the, the weakness of the film for me is, you know, by the time it was done, I thought, yeah, I, I mean, I'm never bored watching this. And I, I give, you know, great credit to Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is an actor that I've never fallen in love with a performance of his before, but I mean, he carried this movie. He had that's because he's to... such a good actor. I would say because honestly, he does everything so uh, selfless. Yes, like I was shocked the whole time watching him. I'm like, I know this actor. How come I do, I don't see him in this character? Right, and it's because he's such a good actor that he transpo he transforms when he gets into these new roles. So I think that's that's the thing. I agree with you. I don't think I, I don't think I was satisfied with the ending. I don't. I uh, but I but I but I like liked the movie all the way through it, it is that ride but it ends the ride with this car sort of slam into the wall yes <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> it's a roller coaster that, that that slaps you in the face when you're done with it right but so i'd say yeah i mean credit to aaron taylor johnson acting and Dwayne worrell's script on this yep. i mean that because i thought this is at what point am i going to get bored at what point am i going to look at my watch at what point am i going to be okay, I've pieced it together. I know what's happening. I'm just waiting for it to play out. And I wasn't really at that point anywhere in this movie. So, which is again, why I keep it at the three stars because I I was really surprised at how well it did what it needed to do. But it's it's empty calories at the end of the day. There's there's nothing to, to walk away with, which is which is fine uh, because I think that's what the film was trying to accomplish. It wasn't at, wasn't striving for a big statement. I wish it had because there were so many things that worked well. I wanted it. I wanted so much more for this that I could give it a really solid recommendation of like, this is going to give you something to sit down and talk about with a friend afterwards because it's it's hand, trying to tackle complex things. No, it's not. But I guess that's, you know, this is your popcorn movie. This is the challenge of about talking about a movie like this because ongoing conversation in the Discord, movies where nothing happens. This is a movie where literally nothing really happens other than nope. we, we watch Sergeant Isaac sort of move around behind the wall. You know, I mean, that's, right. you know, but right. and try something else and try Wait, something. Okay. What about this gun? Right. What about this thing? What about this radio? What about this? And and it's all like, nope, that's not going to work. Nope. That's not going to work. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a parade of crises that all fail basically, <laughs> which build, which build on the suspense and the drama. But, but other than that, like, that's why it's not going to be a rewatch because you don't really need to see any of this again to know how the roller coaster feels. That is true. So I have to then look at, so I look at the actor, I look at the, the script in terms of keeping me engaged. Then I'm going to look at, the other thing is, you've got an actor sitting there up against a wall. Okay, what can you do visually to change things up? And there, there is one shot that stood out to me, which is that really, really slow push in on him yes. as he's laying there on the ground. Because I'm like... Okay. That was the best. That, you know, because it's it's just creeping, creeping, slowly creeping in. And I thought, okay, done well. Because this, this was what I asked myself. Doug Lyman, you're, you know, <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow, you know, born, you know, action, action. I'm like, you're tackling a movie where it's a guy sitting here. So, and, and maybe that was the challenge for him of how do I do minimalism, basically, in terms of, of that. And credit to him. Yeah. 
Well, that shot does a lot because it it expresses passage of time. It makes everything feel slower, feels feel more intense, and and yet you know while time is still passing, it, it does all these things. It accomplishes all these things in a very artful way. But the majority of it is really, like you say, just you know shots of Aaron Taylor and Johnson and and him sweating and him hurting <laughs> <laughs> behind the wall. And 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 really, again, the, the movie's not about that. The movie's not about showing it in an artful way because it's all so compact. There's nothing really to show art. It's it's really in service to the suspense of the story. So if I think about the different sort of phases of the story that we go through, because we talked about the trailer giving us the whole setup, then we we get a significant chunk of time with Sergeant Isaac and our mystery sniper. But then it, then as we get towards the end, of course, Sergeant Matthews is going to regain consciousness. So he's not dead. He's bleeding unconscious and i'd say of everything in the film that was the piece that felt the most unnecessary or contrived to me because isaac's you know identified where the sniper was and i loved that sequence of the the use of sound you know use of sound of you're on the radio and noticing what's what's sound is going on in the background while he's talking to help you identify where he is so he you know he Sergeant Isaac's able to identify where the sniper is, but then to have, I mean, it, it just felt like, okay, you've got a guy that's injured who's been bleeding out and he's going to fire with precision to take out a sniper hidden in, you know, we, we get a, a I think a, a muzzle flare flash, you know, to give some general vicinity of that. And, but you're trying to take out the sniper who is arguably the most accurate shooter that has ever lived on the face of this earth because he's yes. aiming for specific things and and can do 100%. that uh which leads to again that is it real is this too supernatural that he can you know target i'm going to take out the antenna and i you know your knee and all of those pieces and that you know as they said in the you know beginning they're all headshots right you know who's who's this accurate it's, you know is it a pro i thought there's no way Injured, bleeding out, got like one or two shots. I'm going to take out the hidden sniper that I know the general vicinity of. And it was like this false hope, right? Well, there's that, you know, there's that. Is it realistic? You know, maybe not. The other part is that, you know, if John Cena actually is going to die in the first 12 minutes of a movie, right. you know he's going to come back because it's John Cena. <laughs> True. And I really like, I think John Cena is, is terribly likable in everything yes. he does. Oh, yeah. So I was happy that he came back. But yeah, it's the kind of thing where you get that earlier, and this is in the trailer as well, where um, where Eyes says to him, don't touch that rifle, you'll be dead the moment you do. Right. And then later on, they think, well, maybe we can sneak it. We maybe sneak he'll it. be able to do it. But yeah. no, the, no. The, the logic still stands from earlier in the film. There's you, If you're up against the greatest sniper who never lived, then you, you aren't going to have a chance, even if you try it at the end. I mean, so. The wind did come to their their aid a little bit to create some dust to sort of obscure, but sure. yeah, I I know I agree. That's where I thought, all right, yeah, that's you know that's 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 probably my my biggest issue with that. But again, I was so swept up in it that I I was willing to be forgiving because I wanted to see where they were going to go with it. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. again a credit to the film as again pure entertainment. That's where we are. <laughs> I think, and that's why I think it would have made a much better theater release. Yeah. Because people will go for the ride and they'll enjoy it. But it's, yeah, it's kind of weird in this format. Do you have any other technical things you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I okay. mean, that's the thing. I, we've talked about the ending. The ending was not satisfying to me. Uh, but I, I love the idea that it could be interpreted for something that's a greater 
a, a greater sort of commentary on U.S. foreign policy or something like that. But it it's just, I think at this movie's best, it's just if you look at, at it for this kind of small, compact uh, psychological thriller, that's where you're going to get the most enjoyment out of this movie. And I think those movies have a great audience. It's great if you have Amazon Prime, yeah. this would be, and you like those kind of movies, this would be a great one for you to check out because it's got some likable actors and it's a short, easy story that you won't have to take breaks with. Yeah. No, I, again, it's one that I can, I can recommend for easy, light popcorn entertainment to anybody. It's not going to satisfy your cravings for a war film. Um, and it's no. not going to, you know, if you're looking for some statement about anything, no, it's, this is not the film. But this is sort of our our first of our little trio of films that deal with, uh, that are set during the Middle East conflict. So yeah. this is, um, this was 2017. Our next two are actually came out in 2019. So our next film up is The Yellow Birds, which is also available only to stream on Amazon Prime. And then our third film uh, right now, Kill Team, is also Amazon Prime and also Canopy. So oh. for, for this little, you know, war, Middle East war conflict arc of films will be residing here in Amazon Prime territory for these. So if you evil empire, <laughs> so if you've got, <laughs> if you've got your Amazon Prime, that's all you need to, to watch these. If you don't, uh, hey, get a free trial and, you know, watch along with us for these three films. So uh, JJ, a great you know, conversation about a short little tight little film. Uh, but hey, less traumatic than what we came out of from. Right? Very much I mean, so. I think and, we've lightened the tone a little here. This one was popcorn worthy. So I think that's that's good. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening to Trailer Rewind and Hondo. Thank you for listening to Trailer Rewind. If anything we said here entertained, educated, or even enraged you, we'd like you to tell people about this podcast. Whatever your listening platform is, please share, rate, or write a short review. It helps other podcast listeners find us. If you enjoy connecting with other film fans, you can become a member of our community on Discord. It's free, and there's always an interesting dialogue or debate to jump into. You can also financially support us. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive Discord channels, the opportunity to chat with us live before we record an episode, and the warm feeling you get knowing you are contributing support to the behind-the-scenes resources that help everyone here at the Next Real Family of Podcasts. So please join us on Discord or become a Patreon supporter. Either way, we would love to have you be part of our community. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. 
If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.